This is Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for your daily drive. I had someone write in a question. He has a young lady that he is working with, and she has a bad relationship with her biological mom, and he is going to meet with her soon, and he wanted to know how he could help her, possibly even restoring the relationship between her and her bio mom. Let me read you the question that was sent in, and then we'll just launch right into this. Here's the member question. Quote, I have a teenage girl who lives with her grandmother who adopted the girl as a baby. Her bio mother is an addict who now wants to re-enter the girl's life. Her dad is out of the picture. The girl, Mabel, as all the women in my life are called, as far as my ministry is concerned. Mabel wants to have a relationship with her bio mom, but attempts have been interrupted by her mom's addiction. Mabel loves the Lord and wants to do right. I hope to meet with her soon. If I do, how would you advise? And so what I want to do here is to give you a counseling session as I counsel the counselor. I want to give you some advice. This will not be exhaustive. I'll not cover every point that needs to be covered, but I want to give you a lot of information here that would help you to advise an individual who is in Mabel's situation. There are many teenagers who still long for a relationship with their parents but they are unsure how to have one, or they're unsure what their role could be in thinking correctly about a parent and the possibility of restoring what the parent has broken. As a matter of fact, you can take this podcast and you can apply it to any situation like this, whether it's Biff or Mabel. It doesn't have to be a girl longing to have a relationship with her bio mom. Uh, She was adopted by her grandmother, but it can be virtually any teenager with a broken relationship with a parent, and that teenager would desire to have a relationship with that parent. Now, some teenagers will be like Mabel here. They will long for it, they will want it, they will desire it, and they will be outspoken about it. They will come to you and they will ask, will you help me? to figure out how I can restore my relationship with my parent, dad or mom. But I suspect that you would have probably many more who have the same desire, but they won't voice it. They have pretty much given up, given up on reconciliation, but not given up on the desire. And they have become angry and distant, and they are separating themselves from their parents, even while living in the home And, of course, they eventually connect with the opposite sex or someone who shows interest in them, and they go down a road, and most of the time that road is a a dark journey. And so I want to give you some advice, and the title of the podcast and the article on the website is Helping a Girl Who Longs for a Relationship with Her Mother. And again, I would encourage you to swap this around any way that you want to swap that title around to make it apply to any teenager that's in your life or someone that you are thinking about. I also have an infographic here that you're welcome to look at. I will talk through the infographic, but I enjoy and 
prefer to put infographics and short videos up because they do give another visual angle of the same concepts that I am communicating, and this infographic I have here will serve you well. If you want to read everything that I'm saying or going to say to you in this podcast, you can do that. Go to our website, rickthomas.net. Look for this title or some version of this title, Helping a Girl Who Longs for a Relationship with Her Mother. And then you can read this if you want. I got a note the other day, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I believe they said that I really want to print your articles off. Now, we we have a print button on all of our articles, but everybody doesn't see it. But it's, it, currently, it's in the bottom left of the article. So when you get to the bottom of the article, look right under the last line to the left, and you will see a print button, and you can click on it and follow the options. But you are welcome to print our articles off, as several people do. Some people print them off and put them in binders, and they uh, use them as referral resources uh, for the folks that they serve, as well as using it personally, and you are welcome to do that. So let me get into this, helping a girl who longs for a relationship with her mother. And before I go into the granular level of this podcast, the first thing that I would want to do, and I would encourage you to do this as well, is to thank God for what is happening in this girl's life. Thank God for what is happening in your life, for the opportunity that you have uh, to serve Mabel. And so I would begin by praising the Lord that you are there for her, or you are there for whoever that person is is in your life that you have the privilege and the opportunity to serve because that is a mercy from God to provide a caring person and a local church for all the Mabels in this world. And so what I would want you to consider as you go and meet with this person, whoever that may be, of course, in my story here is Mabel, but whenever you are meeting with someone, this is This is one of the things that I train in our mastermind students. I want them to get this. I want them to understand this. And this has to be functionally real for them. And it is this. Do not over-prepare for your meeting with anyone. You don't want to do that. In fact, it it would be arrogant. It would be presumptuous. You want to trust God in the moment. God has called you to step into this person's life, and so you don't want to spend the night before cramming for the test, cramming for the opportunity. Just go into the meeting because you don't know what is going to happen. And you can over-prepare, and this is what I'm going to say. And then you sit down in front of that person, and they tell you a story that you did not anticipate or something happened in their life the night before that changes everything. Just trust God. Just step into the moment. God will give you clarity when you need it, when you are discipling others. Sovereign God is working in Mabel's life, and he has brought her to you. Now, in the context of this podcast, my member who is asking the question says that Mabel is a believer. And, of course, it is affirmed by her love for him as well as her desire to serve him. 
Those are two outworkings of someone who is a Christian. If they have a, a noted, affirmed love for God, and they have a desire to serve Him, in this case, as demonstrated by her desire to reconnect with her biological mother. And so this situation that I am presenting to you is a perfect scenario for a person to find help. And the reason for that is quite simple, honestly. The Father gives fav favor to humble people. Mabel is humble. She's humbling herself. I know that there is a boatload of hurt in her life. She's like the rest of us. As I say sometimes, she's damaged goods. She's been damaged by Adam. She's been damaged by her mom. But look at this. She's a teenager. She has love for God. She has a desire to serve Him. She's coming to an individual asking for help. Those are all the signs of humility. And because of that, you can expect God's favor, His empowering grace to be on her. But there's another thing here, in, in addition to James 4, 6, where it says God gives faith or gives favor to the humble. Philippians 1, 6 is true as well. God will finish what He has begun. These are reasons that you need to relax as a discipler. God gives favor to the humble. God will finish what He has begun and so you should be operating from a position of faith in God as you help her. Because you know that God will provide favor. You know that he will finish what he started in Mabel's life. I am only affirming your faith in God for this process. That's where I want you to focus. Sometimes disciples can be a little nervous, can be a little anxious, what if it goes this way, goes that way, and they can overthink the process and running down false scenarios? I want to affirm your faith in God in this process. He's got this. We don't need to be anxious. You remember what Jesus said in 631 of Matthew? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? I call this the anxious passage, and the Savior is He's beating a redundant drum of the Father's care for His children. When all this is said and done, this will be Mabel's experience too. The Father will take care of her. And so here's my hope for you as you disciple her, that you enter this counseling situation convinced of the Father's love for her and His counseling provision for her. He will take care of both of you in this process. Here's a paraphrase from Howard Hendricks that kind of speaks to this concept that I'm communicating to you. He says, I have incurable confidence the Spirit of God can use me in the transformation of lives. That's not the exact quote, but it's a paraphrase of the quote. And disciples need to hear this. Because disciples and counselors can get a little nervous when they go into situations, guess what, that they're not in full control of. Well, you're not supposed to be in full control of because you need to be resting and relying on the Lord. And so you need an incurable, incurable confidence. The Spirit of God can use you in the transformation of lives.
And so I want to help you to reaffirm that you need to be operating from a position of faith. Now, I want you to to operate from a position of knowledge, meaning you know what's going on in Mabel's life. So don't overthink it. Let me explain. In John 2, 24 and 25, we observe Christ interacting with the Pharisees who are trying to manipulate him. John, the writer of the story in John 2, the Gospel of John, he tells us how Christ would not commit himself to the Pharisees because he knew all people. Jesus knew people. In John 2, 25, it says it this way, And he needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Jesus had a sound anthropology, the study of humanity. He knew what was in man. Now, as a Christ follower and a student of God's Word, it's important for you to know that a key component of counseling is already knowing the answers. Before you enter into the counseling situation, and that's one of the reasons I tell my mastermind students that, hey, don't sweat this, don't worry about this, and if you call me the night before asking, what should I do when I counsel this person tomorrow? I will say what I've said before to other people. Go to bed, go to sleep, get some rest, and get up in the morning and go, and the Lord will meet you there, and He will remind you, the Spirit of God will illuminate your mind with things that you already know, the answers that you know before you ever show up. Now, I'm not saying that you know all of Mabel's story. I'm not saying that that you know all the integral events and and hurtful moments in her life. I'm not I'm not talking about those factual things that you could not know about Mabel because you were not there. When I talk about having a, a sound biblical anthropology, I'm talking about having it from a biblical perspective and also where it matters at the level of the heart. You see, we're all cut from the the same Adamic cloth. People's stories can be radically different on the outside. Everybody has a unique narrative. Everybody has unique situations and unique people and unique events that have happened that are strewn throughout their lives from birth to wherever it is that you meet them. But it is also true that we're all cut from the same cloth And that makes us similar, not on the outside, not in our unique narratives, but it makes us similar on the inside. And that's why I'm saying I want to advise you from a position of knowledge. You already have inside information on some of the things that are going on in Mabel's heart because you and and Mabel are the same. We go through similar temptations. We go through uh, similar reactions to suffering. We experience similar weaknesses. You see, you'll find a lot of commonality between you and Mabel. Let me give you a short list. Mabel is afraid. You already know that. Guess what? You are too. You struggle with fear from time to time. Mabel is anxious. Mabel worries. Mabel is angry. 
Mabel is frustrated. Are you listening to this list? You have experienced every one of these things at one time or another. You have been afraid, anxious, worry, anger, frustrated. Here's more. Mabel does not want to suffer. Can you hear how common your life is to her? Mabel would love to reconcile with her mom. Mabel struggles with transparency and vulnerability. Mabel is cynical, guarding herself against being hurt again, and that's one of the things that cynicism does for an individual. The truth about Mabel is that she is just as normal as the rest of us. We all struggle with these things from time to time, and there are more that I can mention In fact, as you're listening to the list that I gave, I'm sure you can add a few other things that are common to man. Think about your disappointments. Think about your discouragements. Think about your hurts. What I'm saying here is that you can relate to Mabel. You're not that different from her. Sometimes people will say, well, I haven't walked a mile in their shoes. Well, that's kind of dumb. Well, of course you haven't. Nobody does. But you want to help them from the inside out. That's your starting point, not connecting with them. Did you smoke dope? Yay, I did too. That means I can help you. No, that's not how you help someone. You help them from the inside out. And when it comes to that, well, you take what you know about yourself. You take what you know about other people and you bring God's word to bear on her situation. You will hear themes about disappointment, themes about hurt and rejection. Listen for these things and begin to help her in a similar way in which the Father has helped you. Doesn't that sound like Corinthians when Paul talked about this idea in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that you comfort with the comfort in which God has comforted you? We receive the same comfort because our problems at the level of our hearts are very similar. And so at first I said, I want you to advise her from a position of faith. Rest in God. He's got this. He's writing the story. He's going to finish what he has begun. And then I want you to advise her from a position of knowledge. You have inside information on her because she is Adamic. We're we're cut from the same Adamic cloth. And then I want you to advise her by listening to her story. You are now equipped with faith from the Father to counsel this young lady, knowing that he has her back, he has your back too. You are fully confident in God, expecting him to do good for you, for her, for his glory. You're also fully confident God has given you what you need for Mabel's life. Now it's time for you to step into her story. Now it's time for you to step into her unique story, much of which you already know because she attends, in this case, your local church. Mabel has a unique story, which God has been writing for over a decade now. She's a teenager, and you have the privilege to sit and listen as she shares what the Father has written into her life. Your job will be to bring her a a biblical interpretation of her story. She's going to share the story, and then you're going to take her story, and you're going to run it through this Bible filter so that you can give her a, a biblical interpretation of what this story is. So as you listen 
to how her story has played out, the key will be for you to bring God's perspective to her life as well as His original purpose for all the pain. Now, you will do this, again, by filtering her words through that biblical grid. This concept means you will take her unique story, filter it through the Bible, and bring a new perspective, a perspective that she doesn't have at all or altogether or is muddled at this point, but you want to bring a biblical perspective to her story as you run it through that biblical filter. You will be connecting her interpretations of her life to God's analysis of her life. Now, your hope and prayer are that she will begin believing her story the way the Father intended it. And isn't that the way it is for all of us? We have our story. We have our interpretation of the story. This is what it means. But many times what we believe it means, after you run it through a biblical filter, well, there's another interpretation. I've had so many bad things that have happened in my life, and I had an interpretation on those things that had happened in my life. And then after spending time with the Lord and spending time in His Word and, and really just running it through and running it through and running it through many times. You know, down here in the southern part of the United States, our dirt is red. It's not really dirt. It's red clay. And when you get red clay in your clothes, one washing is not enough. You have to run it through the laundry and run it through again and again. And you, you, may, you may get all that red clay out. And so your hope and prayer is that, that she will begin believing her story the way the Father intended it. If she does this, then all those things that other people meant for evil, specifically her mother, but there will be others too, all of those things will, will turn right side up and will be put to good use. Like what Joseph said in 5020 of Genesis, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. This outcome will release Mabel to be one of God's redemptive instruments in our upside-down world. Now, what I want to do in the remainder of this podcast is I want to take a look at some of the things you're going to hear as you listen to her story and how you can practically bring God's truth to what it says. I want to... Uh, talk about one, two, three, four, five different things. The first one is human, humanity. Mabel is a human. Now you say, well, Rick, I, I, I know that, but this is what I mean. Mabel is a human. It, it means the sins of Adam have affected her. She, like us, as I said earlier, struggles with fear, shame, guilt, a desire to blame. She has been tempted to hopelessness and lostness. She's afraid of being vulnerable. She's afraid of being transparent. And you can add the other things that I said in the previous list, and you can add more things to all of these things. When she shares her story, you will pick up on her Adamic tendencies, some of which I have mentioned. She not only received Adam's curse, but she has been shaped to become all of these things by how her parents have treated her. You see, sin has happened to Mabel in three ways. One, Adam's fall has sinfully shaped her. Two, her parents and others have sinfully shaped her. Three, she has made decisions, sinful choices in her, in her life. Mabel has chosen to sin, and you'll find all three of these things 
happening. And so be prepared to walk her through the complicated matters of sin as you understand it through this fear, shame, guilt complex that I mentioned. Now, don't plan on accomplishing all of these things in one sitting. I am giving you a fire hose here. I would encourage you to take this article and, and do print it off and, and study it repeatedly because this article in this sense could, could be six weeks or three months worth of counseling. There has been a layering of temptations over her for many years. So just listen for now while bringing some biblical perspective. The long-term key is for Mabel to enter into a discipleship situation where she can receive care in a more customized and extended way. And so no fire hose here. This is a, a template with a lot of information, but it can last six months. And so the first thing about Mabel, as you listen to her, you will hear her humanity. She's a human. Number two is disowned. Mabel has been cast aside by her parents, both of them. There are a few things in life more challenging than being rejected by those you're supposed to love, obey, follow, emulate. The sin of her parents mostly obliterated her normal desire for love. Adoptive children can feel this sense of shame and guilt deeply. They can also overcompensate in different ways to protect themselves from being hurt again. Here are three examples of that. For example, they can, they can act out to keep people at arm's length, just be bad people and, and people will stay away from them. Two, they can give up their bodies to assure relational connections. They're in control of the situation. And that's what both of these dynamics accomplish. They can act out to keep people away from them. They can give up their bodies to assure relational connections. They are in control. Or they can try to reconcile with their parents, hoping it will change the past. This latter point sounds more like Mabel. But as you walk her through the specifics of how she has responded to being disowned, which is the main thing, you want to give her a biblical view of God's love for her. Only the gospel can satisfy the longings of our hearts. And so you want to listen to her humanity, you want to listen to her being disowned, and you want to reaffirm to her, number three, that she is normal. Mabel is normal. She's very ordinary. She wants you to know, and she wants you to reconcile. She wants to know and reconcile with her mother. And that's not a sinful desire, by the way. Make sure she knows this. It is easy for insecure people to take on a false sense of guilt that is not from God. As she expresses her natural desires, be sure to affirm them. Honestly, it would be odd for her not to want to be with her mother. The problem is not her desire for reconciliation, but her mom's seemingly inability to reconcile. I am going to move on to the next point. I have Actually, I have four more paragraphs here under this point, but you can read it on our website. My next point, number four. Number one, as you listen to her, her humanity. Number two, being disowned. Number three, normal. Uh, number four, sovereignty. Any person in Mabel's situation is compelled to ask the God question. Where was God when all this went down? This question is typical. And after someone asks this question and gets the answer, guess what? They will struggle because the answer to the question is that God was there when all this went down. 
I think sometimes the question asker would prefer to believe that God was not there. And when she realizes he was there, the next question is going to be obvious. Why didn't he do something? You will not only need to guard her heart at this point, but you will need to walk her through a sound theology of suffering. To think God allows sin and suffering into our lives is hard for any of us to accept. It cuts against the grain of our self-reliant natures as it pushes us beyond our ability to control the situation. I suspect Mabel will have a weak view of God's suffering and sovereignty which is where the gospel is most profound. To think it was the will of the Lord to crush Jesus Christ is stunning, as well as it should be. Mabel needs to see how Satan has two plans for her life. Plan A was to destroy her soul in hell. Guess what? Her regeneration quashed that strategy. Plan B is to derail her in her sanctification. The devil cannot get her soul, but he can wreak havoc in her walk with God. And so you want to make sure she understands sovereignty and as it ties into a theology of suffering. And then finally, as I've mentioned a couple of times already, Mabel will experience guilt, which can take on several roles in her mind. Guiltiness is not one-dimensional. I have a list here of ways in which her guilt can um, affect her, and you want to you want to listen to those, and you want to understand how it has affected her uniquely. There's more to this podcast. There's more that I need to say to guilt, but you can read all about it. Go to our website, look for this article. You can read the complete version: helping a girl who longs for a relationship with her mother. If you want to talk about this, we have free forums that you can jump onto. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.